Hi, welcome to the Axe Church UK weekly podcast. We hope you'll be inspired and blessed by today's message. Enjoy! So today I'm going to start things off with a story. So last year, Karen and I decided to pick up cycling. And so we started off with a rental bike first. So we started with a rental bike, only three gears. And then we went up the hill and like, oh, eh? hard, very hard. Susah. And then we, we went on a 20km ride first. So we have a few friends that are really into cycling and they have like proper bikes. So we're like, okay, maybe, maybe if we use the rental bike, not, not so bad, right? And then we, we went, so we went with them. And then we found out that, oh, rental bike can't keep up with normal bikes. So we were like, hmm, should we invest in a bike? So, okay, let's invest in, in bikes. So we've got some nice secondhand bikes uh, that were very worth it. And uh, we started training. So we, every Saturday we go, start with 20km, then 30km, then 50km. Eventually, last year, we reached a milestone where we cycled 110 kilometers. Uh, so it uh, wasn't easy. You can ask Karen how difficult it was <laughs> because we had to stop a few times. We had to stop for lunch to refuel and then, then head back. So it took us a total of, I think, in total journey time was eight hours. And total cycling time was about six hours. So, yeah, so why am I telling you this story, right? Why am I telling you about cycling in church? So I'm telling you about uh, how do you go from nothing to uh, achievement that you would think that, oh, if I started off my cycling journey, I would never have thought that I would achieve 100 kilometers. So I want to talk to you about how you can achieve the same thing with your Christian faith and with the talents that God has given you. So let's, let's go to 1 Samuel 17 uh, and let's go through some scripture. So 1 Samuel 17, 32 to 37. And if you're there, could you please say amen? Thanks, Rachel. <laughs> so today we're going to talk about David. And this is, this is just before, so this is when David uh, has come up to, to provide food to his brothers that are on the battlefield. And then he, he's, he's, he's looking at and, and looking, how come, how come Goliath is uh, making such a ruckus here, uh, making so much, so much problem? And why are people afraid of this Philistine that they're against? So this is, this is the context, so let's read. So then David said to Paul, let no man's heart fail because of him. Your servant will go and fight with this Philistine. You see, here David says that he doesn't want anybody's heart to fail when faced with this challenge. He doesn't want their heart to, 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 to I guess, to, to, to shy away from this challenge. And also he says, And Saul said to David, You're not able to go against the Philistine to fight with him, for you are a youth, and he a man of war from his youth. So here Saul has a bit of a doubt. Saul says that, you, you're a child. How can you fight against this battle-hardened uh, giant of the Philistines? And then next he says, But David said to Saul, Your servant used to keep his father's sheep. And when a lion or a bear came and took the lamb out of the flock, I went out after it and struck it and delivered the lamb from its mouth. And when it rose against me, I caught it by its beard and struck and killed it. So... David is not an ordinary guy, right? David has defeated lions and bears. And let's go on to the next scripture. And then here says, Your servant has killed both lion and bear, and this uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them, seeing he has defied the armies of the living God. So here David has a conviction. David's conviction is that if you go against God, then God will... God will not be with you. Because God, when you go against God, you're essentially saying that, God, I don't need you. Or God, what, does God even exist? And 
After that, it says, Moreover, David said, The Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion and from the paw of the bear, he will deliver me from the hand of the Philistine. And Saul said to David, Go, and the Lord be with you. So here, in 30, verse 37, we really see that David, through his experiences with God, through his journey with God, has built up that faith, knowing that God is with him through it all. And God will provide for him, God will give him all that he needs, and God uh, will be there for him. So he's like, he's not afraid anymore. He says, God has delivered me from the lion, God has delivered me from the bear, he's going to deliver the army of Israel from the hand of the Philistines. Amen? Cool. So, here we saw in the first verse, we saw the word heart, right? So I'm going to talk to you today about heart rate training zones. So this is a, it's a gym thing <laughs> and also a cycling thing. So uh, from, from cycling, we learned that if, if you practice more in zone two, zone two, then you will get better in the higher zones. So let me, let me explain to you. So zone one means that you're doing very light exercise and you can go on for almost forever. So like this is walking, this is slightly jogging, this is cycling at a very slow pace. You can do it for the whole day, no problem, won't break a sweat. Second thing is zone two. So zone two is where you, you, it's a bit of an effort. So you're going slightly out of your comfort zone and increasingly your zone two will imp improve as you keep on training. Zone three is more difficult. Zone three is you're training more of your heart strength already. How do you train your functional thresholds? Zone 4, even harder. Zone 4, you're using 80 to 90% of your maximum heart rate and you can probably last like 20 minutes and then after that, whoo, that's, that's a super full workout already. Zone 5 is your VO2 max. So this is the maximum that your heart can handle and this is, the, this is like your, beating, your heart's beating at the maximum heart rate and you can only probably last for like less than 5 minutes or 2-5 minutes. And what, we want, what I want to speak to you today is how do we, as Christians, train our zone two? How do we improve over time? And how do we get our max heart rate, aka our spiritual health and spiritual cardio, to a point where we keep improving and we don't stay stagnant? Cool? Okay. And also, we want to know that, remember that our journey with God is not a sprint, it's a series of marathons. So we go through challenges, we go through hard times, and we don't want to have it where we, we give it all for a year, and then after that, for the next 10 years, we, we, we burn out, or we, we don't have any strength to do anything. We want it to be continual, we want it to be consistent, we want to get the proper rest that we need as well. So that's why first point will be don't stay in zone one. So, I'm not talking about London Zone 1, but, <laughs> but don't stay in heart rate Zone 1. Don't stay when you're too comfortable. You can stay there if you need rest. You can stay there if you need to recuperate and re regain your strength. But don't get too comfortable in Zone 1 so much that you don't build up your faith anymore. You don't step out of your comfort zone anymore. You don't want to, to, to challenge the limits of your faith. So, as Christians, uh, the, the fundamental truth about Christians is that we're always going to go through challenges. And if we, if we go through challenges with God, at the end of every challenge, we learn something new. We, we, we improve. We, we gather a testimony to share. We are able to encourage one another. But if we go through it without God, then sometimes we can go through it, no problem, but sometimes we won't be able to come out of it stronger. Sometimes we come out weaker. Sometimes we come out uh, disillusioned. Sometimes we come out, uh, we don't want to face the world anymore. We're like, we're broken down and we, we don't know what to do anymore. So, in 1 Samuel 16, just before, uh, a, few, a few verses before David, uh, I didn't give this to, 
to the XTV. But uh, David was anointed to be the next king. And if you, if you read the story, David has many, many siblings. And all of them were shown to Samuel before. But Samuel said, no, none of these are the ones. And he brought David in. David was chosen. David was the youngest. And David was probably the, the one that, as normal human beings, our own understanding, we won't choose this person. Because this is the person that's the smallest, uh, has the least experience, uh, has not gone through life as much as we have. So, but God chose him. And David had two choices, right? David's choices will be to accept this calling and to give God his best, or he can choose to shy away and say, God, I know you've chosen me, but I don't think I can do it, so choose somebody else. And, and but what did David do? David took it up. David took it up as a challenge. David said, okay, God, I know that if you call me to a challenge, that you provide for me. So, okay, let's go on this journey together. And it wasn't all ups and all, it wasn't only ups, right? David was pursued. He was almost killed multiple times. The person that he was, was his best friend had to leave him because his father was wanting to kill David. And he, he had multiple opportunities to kill Saul, but he knew that God was not calling him to do that. He said, I'm not called to kill God's anointed. And so he knew God's calling and he also knew God's boundaries. So he knew that, okay, God's calling me to do this, but God's not calling me to murder. God's not calling me to be spiteful. God's not calling me to, 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 to succumb to the pressures of the world. Cool? And here, I want to also say that the next thing that God talked to me about was, I, I, I like to watch uh, classical music. And one of the things that I like to watch is uh, uh, how people prepare for concerts. And how, especially how prodigies prepare for concerts. And you can see that even if you're a prodigy in a certain instrument or a certain talent, you still need to put in the hard work. And you can see that they, 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 there's the musicality behind it, there's how you phrase the music, there's how you make the music, uh, there's how you want to interpret the music for yourself. And that's what differentiates one prodigy from the other. And that's why you have so many pieces of the same music, but they all sound different. So, even what spoke to me here was that God is saying that I, if, if I give you a talent, I want you to work on it. Because, uh, and also what he told me was that if you get things too freely, sometimes you take it for granted. So, like, let's say you get a new pair of shoes from your parents, but then you didn't do anything to earn it. Will you appreciate it as much as if you, let's say you got an A, and then your parent gave you a gift, and you work hard for it. You work hard for that achievement. So, the same way God is... God is doing the same thing where He gives us the gift, but He also wants us to, to work on it. He also wants us to use it. He says, I give you this gift, what are you going to do with it? What are, are you going to use it for, for the good of others? Or are you going to be selfish and just keep it for yourself? So, for example, I spoke about musical people like Sam. So, Sam, every, if, if every week Sam could serve, Sam would serve. <laughs> because Sam is very passionate about, uh, about his ministry. Sam is very passionate about how he can help people get, to, get closer to God in, in through worship and through praise. And that's something that we can aspire to do. That's not something that we should be jealous about Sam about. Like, oh, I'm so jealous that Sam has, has good musical skills. Oh, I'm so jealous that Sun Tao can sing so well. You should be inspired saying that, oh, God, I'm so excited about the talent that you've given me. I want to use it for the best that I can. I want, to, I want to train it. I want to get better and better and encourage other people instead of pulling each other down. Is that good? Yeah. Cool. Let's also go through Matthew 25, verse 14 
to 30. So if you're there, please say amen. And this is the parable of the talents. And cool, let's read. For the kingdom of heaven is like a man traveling to a far country who called his own servants and delivered his goods to them. And to one he gave five talents, to another two, and to another one, to each according to his own ability. I think this is very important because some would say, how come one person get five, one person get two, one person get one? Why not everybody get five? Because here, God knows our strengths. God knows what we can handle and God meets us where we're at. And the, don't worry, at the end, there's a very nice encouragement <laughs> through, through, spoiler alert, but there's a very nice encouragement in the, in the verses that says that why, why did the person give different amounts in the first place? Cool. Then, 16, he says, Then he who had received the five talents went and traded with them and made another five talents. And likewise, he who had received two gained two more also. But he who had received one went and dug in the ground and hid his Lord's money. After a long time, the law of those servants came and settled accounts with them. So he who had received five talents came and brought five other talents, saying, Lord, you delivered to me five talents. Look, I have gained five more talents beside them. His Lord said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You were faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord. He, who had also received two talents, came and said, Lord, you delivered me two talents, and look, I have gained two more talents beside them. His Lord said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a few things. I will make you a ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of the Lord. Do you realize what the master said? That is the same for both the guy with the five talents and the guy with the two talents. So this is an encouragement knowing that God is not comparing you with other people. So we shouldn't compare ourselves with other people. We, shouldn't, we, we can compare to be encouraged, but we shouldn't compare to be jealous. We shouldn't compare to be envious. We shouldn't compare so that we can pull the other person down. So for example, like let's, say, let's, say, let's, say, let's say Rachel gets a promotion. And then you say, what? Rachel's only been working for six months. How can she get a promotion? Instead of saying that, let's say, oh, she, thank God for blessing her. And thank God for being so real in her life. I wonder what I can learn from her. I wonder what, how she's going through life. I wonder what's different. Yeah. And we, we, should, we as a church should build each other up and not tear each other down. And we also as a church should use our talents for the benefit of all rather than just for the benefit of ourselves. Yeah. And to finish it up, then he said, Then he who had received the, the one talent came and said, Lord, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. And I was afraid and went and hid your talent in the ground. Look, there you have what is yours. But his Lord answered and said to him, You wicked and lazy servant, you knew that I reap where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered seed. So you ought to have deposited my money with the bankers. And at my coming, I would have received back with my own interest. So take the talent from him and give it to him who has ten talents. For to everyone who has, more will be given, and he will have abundance. But from him who does not have, even what he has will be taken away. And cast the unprofitable servant into the outer darkness. There will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. So here, I see this as uh, quite scary. <laughs> like imagine you use a talent and then God says, Oh, how come you're not using your talent to the fullest potential? I'm going to give your talent away. Imagine that. Imagine you ask God for patience and then God puts you in a situation where you have to use patience so that you can learn patience but then you don't use the patience that is given you. 
then what is the patience for? Why did you ask for the gift if you're not going to use it? Why did you ask for the talent if you're not going to use it? And that's why, we, that's why I want to move to, uh, also we say, sometimes we ask God for help, but we can't accept the help that He gives. So, same, same thing for patience, same thing for understanding, same thing for love. You ask God, God give me the love to love this person that's hard to love. But when God gives you that love, do you use the love to love the person? Or do you say, no, not enough. I don't think I can do it. God, please give me more love. And then you keep asking, keep asking, but you don't do. What is asking without doing, without obeying? So when we, I, I like the, the phrase that X Church coined back in Malaysia, which is pray, listen, and obey. So when we pray, we pray and surrender everything to God's hands, and then we listen attentively. We listen to God, what God has to say after we have surrendered it to God's hands, and then we obey what He has asked us to do. And that's where I, I, I want to draw some um, points from the bridge, from the song, Trust in God. It says, I sought the Lord, and He heard, and He answered. I sought the Lord, and He heard, and He answered. I sought the Lord, and He heard, and He answered. And that's why I trust Him. That's why I trust Him. And then it goes on to say, Oh, I trust in God, my Saviour, the one who will never fail, He will never fail. So did you realize that when he said, and he answered, it doesn't say, and he answered according to what I want. It says he answered according to his perfect will. So he answered according to what God thinks is the best outcome for it. Are we ready to listen to what the best outcome for our lives is? So when we ask, when we pray to God, and God gives us an answer, are we going to be okay with it? Are we going to uh, go and say to God, okay, I believe that you know what's best, so I'm going to follow your direction. And that's good. Cool. So let's move on to point two, which is be consistent in zone two. So here what we're saying is that it's not, it's not wrong to stay in zone one, but we should want to get into zone two once in a while. So we keep on, we keep on improving. We keep on increasing our heart rate threshold. We keep on increasing our cardio. So uh, we have a new recruit uh, to cycling gang as well. So uh, now Joe and Steve are also cyclists and we're going to cycle this Saturday to Richmond. And we have a carrot at the end of the race where we say, okay, if you cycle with us to Richmond, then we can go to New Modern for Korean fried chicken. <laughs> so so you, you, you give some... You, you, some and, and what I learned from devotion this morning was that sometimes the challenge is too big that we can't see the prize at the end. And sometimes the challenge is, is blocking our view for what God wants us to see. And so, for example, let's say uh, we go for the cycle and then pe people say, oh, 60km is way too, way too big. Even though I know that there's KFC at the end, I think 60km is too much. So maybe I won't go. But when, I, when you face the next challenge that you go through, can I encourage you to ask God for help? I encourage you to ask God to help you improve the talent that you have. And, and, and be able to say, God, I know that you are, like as, we, as we learn in, in Holmes, God is omnipotent. He is all-powerful. He is omniscient. He is, knows everything. And He is also omnipresent. He is always with us, no matter what. So, with this in mind, it gives us a lot of, a lot of um, faith, a lot of encouragement, knowing that God is with us, no matter what, and God can overcome anything because He knows everything and He is all-powerful. Amen? So let's go to Luke 16, verse 10. So here, 
He says, He who is faithful in what is least is also faithful in much. And he who is unjust in what is least is unjust also in much. So here what he's saying is that when you start small and you build up to bigger things, then that's the sign that when you have little, you will praise. When you have more, you will also praise. And that's where, so for example, let's say I use the, the, the example of tithe. So for example, let's say when you receive allowance and your parents say, would you tithe a part of it to God? Then you build up that habit. You build up that, 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 that want to give back to God for everything that you receive, knowing that it all actually comes from God. And when you start giving small amounts, small amounts, then you start giving bigger amounts. Then when God challenges you saying that, okay, I think you've done very well this year. I challenge you to give your bonus to missions this year. Then maybe that your faith that has been built up makes it a bit easier. I won't say it's easy. <laughs> I won't say that God asking you to give away your hard-earned money is easy. But think about the benefits of, of trusting in God. Think about what God is going to use it for, for His kingdom. Amen? And also, um, maybe I can give you an example of how... <laughs> so, most of the time, a lot of the times, I am very afraid of public speaking because I always get tongue-tied. And I pronounce things wrongly. If I use complex words, they get all jumbled up. And that's why uh, I'm using very simple words today. <laughs> but I also like to overthink things. I, I will, like, before a meeting... I will usually go over all my points. I will think about what, how the conversations will go. I will think about if I say this, will it cause any issue? Well, if I say that, will it cause any issue? Same for preaching, right? I don't want to simply say anything <laughs> and, then, and then it leads you in the wrong direction. So that's, that's where I, every time I come up here to preach or every time I come up here to chair, I'm scared. But if I don't get into, this, this is like my maybe zone four. This is, this is, this is, this is, this is me saying that uh, God, ooh, trust, I trust you, man, because without you, I can't do this. Without you, I can't do this. And that's where you, you build up your faith in God, right? When you don't know what to do and when you ask God for help, that's when your trust in God increases. That's when you are stepping out of your comfort zone and saying, God, I step out knowing that the, the little bit that I step out, you will, you will provide. And I can say that if, if not for God, I wouldn't be standing here. <laughs> if not for God, I wouldn't be chairing in service. I wouldn't be leading homes. I wouldn't be doing anything related to public speaking. <laughs> and, uh, and similar when we go exercise, right? Like when we, go, when, we, when we exercise, it feels good to be able to reach a new threshold. Like, for example, Karen's very good at deadlifting and she can deadlift more than my weight. And that's, I think, almost double her body weight. So she is getting better each and every month or each and every week. And every time she gets better, it's like, oh, yeah, sense of accomplishment, let's do more. Oh, yeah, sense of accomplishment, let's do more. Let's get excited about that with our faith. Oh, I trust in God and He provided, let's do more. I trust in God and He provided, let's do more. I sought the Lord and He answered, let's do more. So that's, that's, that's where we, we can... Then, then the more and more we trust God, right? The more and more testimonies we have, the more and more breakthroughs we have, the more and more milestones we can relate to one another. So, for example, let's say last time, I was very bad at my studies. <laughs> and uh, if, you, if you want to ask me, oh, how did you go through university? I was like, <laughs> I barely scraped through. <laughs> but, but by the grace of God, I was able to find a job. And I can say, fairly say that without God's help, 
cannot, definitely cannot. <laughs> so, uh, and, and that's, that gives me a way to relate to other people, right? That gives me a way to, to, to empathize with the people around me. And when we exercise, we also have endorphins. We feel good about ourselves. We feel fitter. We feel in shape. We feel like we're ready to take on the next challenge. And we feel overall more happy. Same goes for God. I want you to be able to experience the joy of the, God, uh, joy of the Lord each and every day. I want you to be able to uh, exercise our faith, knowing that God has His promises for you, His blessings for you, His comfort for you, His peace for you, and His healing for you. God can provide for you in everything that you're going through. The only thing that you have to do is ask Him for help and be ready for the answer and be able to obey it. Amen? And by taking consistent steps, that helps. So I told you like last year, <laughs> last year I was able to do 100km, but, but you know, after winter, winter, very lazy, you know, a lot of Christmas dinners, then Chinese New Year, a lot of hot pot. And then this year, eh, find out that eh, I gained a lot of kgs already. Oh. Can I still do 100km? Don't know. Then we went, this, earlier this year, we went for like 60km, right? Then like, oh, but pain, nah. how, come, how come last year much I'm so easy, this year really cannot? <laughs> so that's why you want to stay consistent, right? That's why you want to stay consistent so that you don't deteriorate, so that you, your, your, your strength doesn't diminish. And let's go through. And also, one thing nice about being committed is usually you have motivation to do so. So let me give you some motivation. Let's go to Psalms 103 verses 1 to 5. So bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless His holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all His benefits. So don't forget that whatever you have comes from God. And don't forget that we should be thankful for even being alive today. We should be thankful for the air that we breathe. We should be thankful that He who forgives all our iniquities, He who heals all our diseases, who redeems your life from destruction, who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies, who satisfies your mouth with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. Sometimes good times make us complacent. Sometimes make, good times make us too comfortable. So, for example, when's the last time you complain about your food? Eh, too salty, too, too greasy, too much. But, but some people in the world are starving. Some people don't have food on a daily basis. And do we take time to thank God for the food before complaining? Uh, I mean, preferably don't complain. But, but, but if you have to complain, thank God for the food first, right? <laughs> because without, without His providence, how would you get it? How, and, and everything that you, you receive, you have new clothes, you, your ability to buy new clothes, ability to buy new shoes, ability to buy new suits, to look good in church, ability to come to church, to have a place over our heads, to have a roof over our heads. Do we give thanks more than we complain? Do we give thanks first as our first resort? And do we practice that? So that's something that you can practice, right? That's something that you can get into your zone 2 for. There's something that you can use zone 2 for. Zone 2 to stop complaining, to stop gossiping, to stop um, joining in on the blame game in work, to stop playing politics at work, to stop belittling others' successes so that you can feel better about yourself. So that's something that we can all start to do. And also I read this in my devotion this morning where it says, Do not permit fear to occupy your praise. 
Do not permit failure to occupy your praise and do not permit anxiety to occupy your praise. Let's also not limit God's vision and plan for our lives. So here what he's saying is that don't let our circumstances, don't let worldly things stop us, stop us from praising the eternal God. And don't let, don't let like, let's say I woke up late or I woke up, I woke up feeling groggy because the night before I chose to sleep late or I chose to browse Instagram for two hours too long or I chose to drink too much uh, liquids. Uh, but but, 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 but because, because of that, right, don't, don't let that stop you from praising God for being alive the next day. Don't let that stop you from asking God for the daily bread that you need to thrive. So continue, continue practicing in your zone too. And also one thing that God put in my heart uh, while worshipping just now is that sometimes we are at a too high of a threshold for the wrong things. So maybe for complaining, our zone 5 is amazing. <laughs> maybe for, for complaining, our zone 5 is like endless, no problem. And then uh, there's, there's, there's this saying that I think really touched home for me from Pastor Kenneth's sermon, which says that Sometimes God has to break us down in order to change us and get us right on the, on the right path. So that means that sometimes God has to break our bad habits so that He can get us back on the right path. Are you ready to be broken down? Are you ready to get back to the beginning, to go back to the start and say, God, mold me. God, you are the potter, I am the clay. Will you mold me? Will you build me up to be better than I was before? And will you humble me knowing that you know best and you are in control? Amen? Cool. So now that we know that we don't want to stay in zone one because we don't want to get complacent, we don't want to stay stagnant, we don't want to stop experiencing what God wants us to experience in our lives. And we know that in zone two, we should be consistently thriving, try, trying to improve zone two. Zone 2 doesn't stay stagnant. Zone 2 improves as your health improves. So you want to improve your spiritual cardio as much as possible according to where you're at. God meets us where we're at. doesn't mean that you have to step out of your comfort zone every day. It can be once a month when you, or once a week. Maybe your comfort zone is, is you're shy talking to people. <laughs> like me. <laughs> so if you don't know, I am an introvert and I... I think a few years ago, if you ask Karen, my one fear, biggest fear, is talking to strangers. <laughs> and uh, every time I talk to strangers, I'll be like just staring into space. Uh, what do I say next? When, when is this conversation going to end? <laughs> and like, do I have to be here? Why do people like parties? <laughs> and then, and then now, now, now I wouldn't say I'm, I'm like super better, but at least now I, I step out of my comfort zone every week to say, okay, let's talk to somebody new. Uh, let's, let's have a meaningful conversation. Let's go deeper. Let's not stay shallow. So, and it's a constant journey. And if I stop, then I will diminish. If I continue, I will improve. So simple, simple physics. <laughs> and uh, let's go into point three, which is get excited for zone three and beyond. So why do we train? We train so that we can reach new personal best, right? We train so that we can eventually get much better than we were before. And then when we look back, we say, oh, okay, last year 10 kilometers, this year 100 kilometers. Much better. Let's keep going. And same, same for our spiritual journey. We want to take the time to reflect 
and see how far we've come. Because sometimes, because in the hustle and bustle of things, we forget to reflect and see, okay, I've grown. I've, I've made improvements here. I should be thankful for this. I've gotten new talents because I've asked from God. Hey, actually, I'm more patient. Oh, actually, I'm more positive now. Oh, actually, I, I'm complaining a bit less. Oh, actually, I don't gossip anymore. These little, little things will help you to improve and help you to grow in your maturity with God. And we want to be ex- as excited as going for lunch as we are excited to go to church. And we want to be as excited for going on a holiday as we are excited to meet with God. And we also want to be as excited to meet an old friend that you've never met before as going to homes or going to prayer service. Not met before, sorry. Not met in a long time, sorry. Bethany was looking at me funny. And like, what? <laughs> and uh, so, as, as I mentioned before, why do we want to improve our spiritual journey and why do we want to, to experience more of God so that we can share? Because now we've, we've made a commitment. We've said, okay, God, I trust in you. I want to believe in you. Let's, the next step is you helping other people to get to that point. That's by sharing your testimony, sharing your breakthroughs, sharing your stories, sharing and relating with people and sharing that love with one another. Amen? And also, we want to encourage but not brag. We're not meant to say that, oh, I'm, I'm amazing, you should be like me. We're meant to be like, where are you at now? Let's help you to get to the next step of your journey. And meant to encourage, meant to disciple. That's why we learn about discipleship in church. We learn how to disciple others according to how God discipled His disciples. Cool? And also, at the crux of it, God's gifts aren't just for us, but for the benefit of all. Like I mentioned before, like if Sam is very good at playing the the guitar, but he only plays at home, he wouldn't reach his full potential. But because he chooses to use it for God's glory, he has more potential. Or like... um, Toby's very good at computers. If he chooses to just use it at home and not for XTV, then XTV suffers and God's kingdom has lost the potential. So let's not hinder God's kingdom from growing because we don't want to use our talents that God has given us to grow His kingdom. Amen? Let's look at 1 Peter 4 verse 10. So God has given each of you a gift from His great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well to serve one another. Amen? And also, I think I missed out one verse, uh, but uh, what I want you to focus on at the end of it, if you only take away one thing from this sermon, is that your journey is personal to you and you should take your time to find out your limits and to grow in your limits and to grow in your comfort zones. So now maybe your comfort zone is very small but maybe you'll get bigger as you get more used to other things. You get used to God's blessings. You get used to a certain way of living. Don't let that enlargement of your comfort zone stop you from continuing to step out. Because the bigger your comfort zone, the harder it is to step out. And the bigger your comfort zone, the harder it is for you to say, okay, I want more. I want more of God. I want to experience God in a real way, in a familiar way, in a new way. So, don't let that stop you. So, there's two things you can hold on to. First is knowing that through death, Jesus' death on the cross, He has given us access to God's eternal kingdom. And what we have to do 
is make the choice to commit. So that's one. We've already have the access. So we have the quote-unquote membership to God's kingdom. And then the second thing is that He has also promised us a helper or a personal trainer, the Holy Spirit, to lead and guide us throughout our journey. And He has said that the Holy Spirit will come and fill you and, be able, and allow you to experience and lead and guide you. And so as I ask the worship team to, to come out as I prepare to close, I want to ask you a question. So are you, are you ready to get started or to resume your training? Are you excited about the next step? Are you excited about getting better? Are you excited about um, experiencing God each and every day? Imagine, imagine how, how much David experienced God that he wrote a whole book in the Bible about praising God, asking God for help, and, and blessing God's name. And God, David was often called a, a man after God's own heart. And David was not a man that was perfect. David had his shortcomings. David had, 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 had moments where he, he, he made the wrong choices, but he also made the right choices. So will we choose to make the right choices today? Will we choose to follow after God and not after man? Will we be able to view God's success as the true treasure at the end of the tunnel? And what is holding you back from enjoying the fullest extent of God's love for you today? What's holding you back? Is it, is it a certain item in your, in your collection? Is it money? Is it people? What's holding you back from saying yes to God and growing in your relationship with God? So I want to pray for a group of people today. Uh, if you feel like you've gotten stagnant in your journey, or if you feel like you want to start a new journey with God, and you, or you feel like today's the day you want to say, God, mold me. I'm the clay. You are the potter. Make the best version of me that you can. And I'm ready for the challenges that I'm going to go through. I'm ready to, to go through any thing that you, you, you want me to go through because I know that you will be with me. I know that you will provide for me. I know that without you, I cannot do it. But with you, I definitely can do it. Are you ready to say yes to God today? If that's you, uh, would, you would you raise your hand? Would you, would you take this moment to say to God, God, I believe that you're in control. I believe that your plan is the best plan for me. And I believe that you can train me to be the best possible me that I can ever be. If that's you, would you raise your hand to God? Not to me, but to God, saying that, God, I surrender. God, would you mold me and make me new? Would you break apart the parts of me that are unworthy or, 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 or on the wrong path and mold me in a way that you want me to be so that I can help you fulfill your will on earth as it is in heaven? So if that's you, let's pray. Thank you, God, today. Thank you, God, for this opportunity to be in your house this morning, Lord. Thank you, God, for being so real in our lives, Lord. Thank you, God, for being my Lord and my Savior. Thank you, God, for uh, being omnipresent, omniscient, and also omnipotent, Lord. We want to put our hope in you. We want to put our trust in you. Would you train me? Would you allow me to continue to step out of my comfort zone? Would you allow me to, to, to be able to, to have faith in the one 
to us who has won it all along, to have faith to the one who reigns over everything along, to have faith to the one who created this universe and trust that you know what's best and allow me to use my talents for your glory. Allow me to continue to want to improve so that you can use me in ways that I could never have imagined. Lord. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. If you've been touched by today's message and would like to invite Jesus into your life, why don't you join me in saying this prayer? Lord Jesus, thank you for paying the ultimate price for my sins by dying on the cross for me. I receive your love and forgiveness and eternal life by faith. Come into my heart and life and be my Lord and my Savior. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for tuning in today. We hope that you've been blessed by today's message. For more information about Acts, you can check out www.actschurch.uk. God bless.